0: section 15 of the coming race this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org reading by mary rody the coming race by edward george bulwer lytton chapter 22 as the reader has seen Apalin had not favoured my general and unrestricted intercourse with his countrywomen. Though relying on my promise to abstain from giving any information as to the world I had left, and still more on the promise of those to whom had been put the same request not to question me, which Zee had exacted from Tai, yet he did not feel sure— that if i were allowed to mix with the strangers whose curiosity the sight of me had aroused i could sufficiently guard myself against their inquiries when i went out therefore it was never alone i was always accompanied either by one of my host's family or my child friend tai bra apalin's wife seldom stirred beyond the gardens which surrounded the house and was fond of reading the ancient literature which contained something of romance and adventure not to be found in the writings of recent ages, and presented pictures of a life unfamiliar to her experience and interesting to her imagination. Pictures, indeed, of a life more resembling that which we lead every day above ground, coloured by our sorrows, sins, passions, and much to her what the tales of the genie or the Arabian Nights are to us. But her love of reading did not prevent Bra from the discharge of her duties as mistress of the largest household in the city. She went daily the rounds of the chambers, and saw that the automata and the other mechanical contrivances were in order, that the numerous children employed by Apolline whether in his private or public capacity, were carefully tended. Bra also inspected the accounts of the whole estate, and it was her great delight to assist her husband in the business connected with his office as chief administrator of the lighting department, so that her avocations necessarily kept her much within doors the two sons were both completing their education at the college of sages and the elder who had a strong passion for mechanics and especially for works connected with the machinery of timepieces and automata had decided on devoting himself to these pursuits and was now occupied in constructing a shop or warehouse at which his inventions could be exhibited and sold the younger son preferred farming and rural occupations and when not attending the college at which he chiefly studied the theories of agriculture was much absorbed by his practical application of that science to his father's lands it will be seen by this how completely equality of ranks is established among these people a shopkeeper being of exactly the same grade in estimation as the large landed proprietor. Apollin was the wealthiest member of the community, and his eldest son preferred keeping a shop to any other avocation. Nor was this choice thought to show any want of elevated notions on his part. This young man had been much interested in examining my watch, the works of which were new to him, and was greatly pleased when I made him a present of it. Shortly after, he returned the gift with interest, by a watch of his own construction, marking both the time as in my watch, and the time as kept among the Vrelia. I have that watch still, and it has been much admired by many among the most eminent watchmakers of London and Paris.' It is of gold, with diamond hands and figures, and it plays a favourite tune among the Vril in striking the hours. It only requires to be wound up once in ten months, and has never gone wrong since I had it. These young brothers being thus occupied, my usual companions in that family when I went abroad were my host or his daughter, Now, agreeably, with the honourable conclusions I had come to, I began to excuse myself from Zee's invitations to go out alone with her, and seized an occasion, when that learned Guy was delivering a lecture at the College of Sages, to ask Apolline to show me his country seat. As this was at some little distance and as appalin was not fond of walking while i had discreetly relinquished all attempts at flying we proceeded to our destination in one of the aerial boats belonging to my host a child of eight years old in his employ was our conductor my host and myself reclined on cushions and i found the movement very easy and luxurious appalin said i You will not, I trust, be displeased with me if I ask your permission to travel for a short time, and visit other tribes or communities of your illustrious race. I have also a strong desire to see those nations which do not adopt your institutions, and which you consider as savages it would interest me greatly to notice what are the distinctions between them and the races whom we consider civilized in the world i have left it is utterly impossible that you should go hence alone said apolline even among the vril you would be exposed to great dangers certain peculiarities of formation and color and the extraordinary phenomenon of hirsute bushes upon your cheeks and chin, denoting in you a species of on distinct alike from our own race, and any known race of barbarians yet extant, would attract, of course, the special attention of the college of sages in whatever community of Relia you visited, and it would depend upon the individual temper of some individual sage whether you would be received as you have been here hospitably or whether you would not be at once dissected for scientific purposes know that when the tour first took you to his house and while you were there put to sleep by Taï, in order to recover from your previous pain or fatigue the sages summoned by the tour were divided in opinion whether you were a harmless or an obnoxious animal During your unconscious state, your teeth were examined, and they clearly showed that you were not only graminivorous, but carnivorous. Carnivorous animals of your size are always destroyed as being of savage and dangerous nature. Our teeth, as you have doubtless observed, are not those of the creatures who devour flesh. Note, I never had observed it, and if I had, am not physiologist enough to have distinguished the difference? Note. It is indeed maintained by Z and other philosophers that, as in remote ages, the ana did prey upon living beings of the brute species, their teeth must have been fitted for that purpose. But even if so, they have been modified by hereditary transmission and suited to the food on which we now exist nor are even the barbarians who adopt the turbulent and ferocious institutions of gleknas devourers of flesh like beasts of prey in the course of this dispute it was proposed to dissect you but taee begged you off and the Tour, being by office averse to all novel experiments at variance with our custom of sparing life except where it is clearly proved to be for the good of the community to take it sent to me whose business it is as the richest man of the state to afford hospitality to strangers from a distance it was at my option to decide whether or not you were a stranger whom i could safely admit had i declined to receive you you would have been handed over to the college of sages and what might there have befallen you i do not like to conjecture apart from this danger you might chance to encounter some child of four years old just put in possession of his vril staff and who in alarm at your strange appearance and in the impulse of the moment might reduce you to a cinder taee himself was about to do so when he first saw you had his father not checked his hand therefore i say you cannot travel alone but with ze you would be safe and i have no doubt that she would accompany you on a tour round the neighbouring communities of rilia to the savage states no i will ask her now as my main object in proposing to travel was to escape from z i hastily exclaimed nay pray do not i relinquish my design you have said enough as to its dangers to deter me from it and i can scarcely think it right that a young gee of the personal attractions of your lovely daughter should travel into other regions without a better protector than a tish of my insignificant strength and stature "'Apollin emitted the soft sibilant sound which is the nearest approach to laughter that a full-grown on permits to himself ere he replied pardon my discourteous but momentary indulgence of mirth at any observation seriously made by my guest i could not but be amused at the idea of Z, who is so fond of protecting others that the children call her the guardian needing a protector herself against any dangers arising from the audacious admiration of males know that our jaye, while unmarried are accustomed to travel alone among other tribes to see if they find there some on who may please them more than the anna they find at home. Zee has already made three such journeys, but hitherto her heart has been untouched. Here the opportunity which I sought was afforded to me, and I said, looking down and with faltering voice, "'Will you, my kind host, promise to pardon me if what i am about to say gives offence say only the truth and i cannot be offended or could i be so it would not be for me but for you to pardon well then assist me to quit you and much as i should have liked to witness more of the wonders and enjoy more of the felicity which belong to your people let me return to my own i fear there are reasons why i cannot do that at all events not without permission from the tour and he probably would not grant it you are not destitute of intelligence you may though i do not think so have concealed the degree of destructive powers possessed by your people you might in short bring upon us some danger and if the tour entertains that idea It would clearly be his duty either to put an end to you, or enclose you in a cage for the rest of your existence. But why should you wish to leave a state of society which you so politely allow to be more felicitous than your own? Oh, Apolline, my answer is plain, lest in naught and unwittingly I should betray your hospitality, lest in the caprice of will which in our world is proverbial among the other sex, and from which even a Gee is not free, your adorable daughter should deign to regard me, though a tish, as if I were a civilized on, and—and—and—court you as her spouse, put in Apolline gravely, and without any visible sign of surprise or displeasure. You have said it that would be a misfortune resumed my host after a pause and i feel you have acted as you ought in warning me it is as you imply not uncommon for an unwitted gee to conceive tastes as to the objects she covets which appear whimsical to others but there is no power to compel a young gee to any course opposed to that which she chooses to pursue all we can do is to reason with her, and experience tells us that the whole college of sages would find it vain to reason with the Gee in a matter that concerns her choice in love. I grieve for you, because such a marriage would be against the Aguilaran, or good of the community, for the children of such a marriage would adulterate the race." they might even come into the world with the teeth of carnivorous animals. This could not be allowed. Zee, as a gee, cannot be controlled, but you, as a tish, can be destroyed. I advise you, then, to resist her addresses, to tell her plainly that you can never return her love. This happens constantly— Many an on, however ardently wooed by one Guy, rejects her and puts an end to her persecution by wedding another. The same course is open to you. No, for I cannot wed another Guy without equally injuring the community and exposing it to the chance of rearing carnivorous children. That is true. All I can say and i say it with the tenderness due to a tish and the respect due to a guest is frankly this if you yield you will become a cinder i must leave it to you to take the best way you can to defend yourself perhaps you better tell z that she is ugly that assurance on the lips of him she woos generally suffices to chill the most ardent gee. Here we are at my country house. End of chapter twenty two